and welcome Behind the Marquee, a movie podcast taking you inside the walls of an art house cinema. My name is Nick Alderink, and we are here. I am here with two guests who work at the Michigan Theater. I'm the digital media specialist at the Michigan Theater, by the way, but you may know who I am. Uh, you may know Caitlin as well. Caitlin, introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Caitlin Derswicki, and I run Cinetopia Film Festival happening May 31st to June 10th. And I'm so excited to be here with you, Nick. <laughs> and to the left of me, is. I'm Brian Hunter. I'm the senior film programmer for the Michigan uh, State and Cinetopia Film Festival. So it's, it's been a while since you've been on. I Thanks for coming back. It's been a while. I hear there's a lot of listeners now. <laughs> we are here today to talk about the Cinetopia Film Festival. Caitlin, when is the Cinetopia Film Festival? Oh, it is May 31st through June 10th. And we kick it off in Ann Arbor on that Thursday evening with a film called Eighth Grade, directed by, written and directed by Bo Burnham, mm-hmm. and he will be in, in attendance. Yes. And we're so excited because this is his directorial debut. Um, this is um, a film that really knocked our socks off. It's a crusher. Yeah. It is. It's a crusher. So it's a it's one that we when we're looking for our opening night film we're we're discussing what's the tone that we want to set for the rest of the festival mm-hmm. and we really wanted people to be transported to that eighth grade life <laughs> that thirteen year old uncomfortableness awkward <laughs> feeling <laughs> and you know what let's just start start, start there start let's there, just start there. <laughs> no it's really fun but we really like to see it's more about the progression of a filmmaker too and seeing yeah, mm-hmm. what what these creatives are doing and setting the tone for that and it's kind of you know yeah. that's really what it comes down to and we can talk a little bit more about some of our uh, more seasoned filmmakers that we have at the festival and some uh-huh. of the, the newer ones as well so yeah, and uh, uh, I don't know we're probably not going to say any more names of talent just yet that are coming but there is going to be more talent, more than just Bo Burnham, right? Yes. Correct. All right. Yes. So uh, a, a lot of these titles that we're, we're going to say, a lot of titles, a lot of directors, a lot of actors. How about you just come to Cinetopia mm-hmm. thinking that they're all going to be there and then life will be perfect. Right? Yeah. 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 I think we can say that. Don't put all your expectations on us. <laughs> <laughs> so before uh, before we start talking about the programming, I just want to talk about sort of, sort of our philosophy of Cinetopia. We kind of go into this festival. Festival, we call it the best of the fests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we call it that because we've gone to a lot of festivals in the past year and we've sort of we've picked the best films that we've seen at these festivals, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. And we've been to Toronto, mm-hmm. we've been to Sundance, uh, we've been to True False. Have I missed any? Cleveland. 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 Berlin. Cleveland. Berlin. No, that's I The Ann Arbor Film Festival. The Ann Arbor yeah. Film Festival, yeah. So for yeah. the 2018 uh, 2017-2018. Mm-hmm. Cycle. Those are those are the main ones uh-huh. that we visited. And yeah. we also have this focus on which. Well, we have, we have this focus on social issues. We have this focus on foreign narratives. Mm-hmm. We uh, we love showcasing experimental features. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about the programming process then. Sure. So Brian, why don't you sort of describe how it is that you've. Because you are the, you, the head programmer of Cinetopia, uh, of a large programming team. He's programmed it all seven years. All seven years. This is our seventh festival, and mm-hmm. he has done, he's programmed over, I mean, hundreds yeah. of movies. Hundreds of movies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, again, we try to be a best of festivals, and that's, we go to lots of festivals, we see lots of movies, we have lots of connections with people who go to other festivals that we don't attend and see lots of movies. There's literally now thousands of movies made a year, and how can you see them all? 
Um, and we try to comb through it. So you see a lot of stuff in the moment. I mean, my experience at a festival is probably different than Caitlin's experience at a festival or Nick's experience at a festival because it's just, you know, maybe you get the right audience. Maybe you see the same movie, but the audience I'm in is terrible and the audience Nixon is great and it, it adds to the conversation. Um, so we try to watch as many films as possible. We also get access to lots of screeners for films that we miss at festivals um, through distributors either who have purchased the film for a theatrical release later in the year or uh, a filmmaker who just is trying to get the film out there on the festival side. We have a lot of those films in there that don't have a distributor um, who I think are just waiting for that break, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. So it, in one regard, we, we're looking – we'd love, we'd love to have, you know – top name, top flight directors, but one of our goals is to introduce people to people. Um, we want to introduce filmmakers that we we see their films and we see them grow over the years. So, you know, a film like Relaxer from Joel Petrykas that is playing this year is really important for us to show because Joel Petrykas is one, a Michigan filmmaker, and two, he's been in two, he's had two previous films in the festival. He's had mm -hmm. Buzzard and uh, The Alchemist Cookbook. So, I, I don't think we've contributed to Joel Petrykas' success at all. I think Joel Petrykas is super talented and he deserves all of this. But I think that it's a film festival's duty to go, yeah, this guy is special. This guy is talented and we want him at our festival. So we look for those people just as hard as we look for um, top flight, you know, the A24, the eighth grades of the world. We want mm -hmm. those films too. So the then Brett the Brett Haley's, the Brett Haley's, yeah. you know, you know, Hero opened opening night last mm -hmm. year of Cinetopia. And this year we're playing Hearts Beat Loud, his new film, mm -hmm. Nick Offerman. So it's we we just want to bring films that we enjoy. And we get access to so many films in so many different ways. We subscribe to a few um, websites that give us access to lots of international fair things that played at cons, um, stuff like that. And we also there's a, a U.S. version of that that. Uh, we get access to some more maybe mainstream narrative American film. So we we cut a wide swath as we try to mm -hmm. program Cinetopia. At the end of the day, we have 45 films that we want to show. There's 45 films out of the thousand of films we have to show. Mm -hmm. So maybe you make a good decision, maybe you make a bad decision, but at the end of the day, the audience is the one who decides that. Yeah, to go back to Joel Petrykas uh, really quickly, uh, when, he, when, we, when we first showed uh, Buzzard, uh, was it maybe three years ago? Uh, we start, that sort of felt like uh, we were introducing Joel, Pe Joel Petrykas to an audience. Mm -hmm. And then his uh, last film, uh, this film that's playing this year, Relaxer, that premiered at South by Southwest. He's a South by a Southwest month. darling. Yes. I will say it. Yes. His films typically are at South by Southwest, and they typically get really exciting reviews, and people are really thrilled to see what he's coming up with next and see what his – his team, because he has mm -hmm. a he's a very you know familiar cast that he works with, and uh, you can see from some of the reviews that people people like to see, and they're they're waiting for his next next picture. Yeah, so. and, he's, and he lives in your backyard. Yeah, yeah, he lives in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you want that guy a, to be part a, of your a festival? Per, a professor at Grand Valley is that right? I believe Michigan State. Michigan State. Oh, Michigan State. Yep, you're mm -hmm. right. You're right. You're yeah. definitely right. Mm -hmm. And handsome. He's very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, um, I prefer not to. Say things like that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, come to Cinetopia, you be the judge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's your decision, not mine. <laughs> so let's talk about a few of the other films that are showing up. Uh, I want to talk about Blind Spotting first. Yeah. Blind Spotting is going to be playing at the Charles it, Wright Museum. Yes, it will be playing at the Wright Museum. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it has, it's written. Um, by David Diggs and Raphael Casal. And you may know David Diggs from Hamilton. Correct. And mm -hmm. uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. That's right. Uh, many things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's a, 
it is an important important movie mm-hmm. um, to 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 watch and dissect and have a conversation around it. Um, it's important. Um, it was important for the filmmakers to show it at the Wright Museum. Actually, that was mm-hmm. a that was from them. And um, we we like to work with the filmmakers in that way, um, where they like to where they think their film is in a best fit. Um, within our festival. Um, we do what we can. We can't accommodate everybody, of course. Yeah. Um, but as far as understanding what they want to see with their movie, see, see the trajectory trajectory of their film and where it fits in with our festival, that's something that's really important and we take into consideration. So when they say, hey, are you working with the Wright Museum in Detroit? Um, that's such a nice feeling because, yes, of course, we work with the Wright Museum and um, they really want to have that dialogue there at the museum yeah. and mm-hmm. engage everyone there. So um, you can kind of see where this is going. It's about an African-American and white friend living in Oakland, California and in modern day and figuring out a lot of things that are going on in, in the world as far as race race relations go. Right. So, And then I, I've heard it described as... Uh, this decade's do the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it, it's very of the same style of of Spike Lee, and it, it blends a lot of humor with uh, some extremely dramatic moments mm-hmm. and moments that we are all familiar with. Mm-hmm. And it plays with those expectations that you have as well. Being uh, I think very early in the film, I'm not spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, David, uh, his character, sees a police shooting, and he's on his last few days of probation. And a lot of the film is him dealing with these things that he's seen. Mm -hmm. And the filmmakers play with the real world expectations very well. Mm -hmm. And it leaves a lot of tension. So it is a a very exciting film, a very, very emotional film, a very funny film. Mm -hmm. It is very excited for people to see this. Oh, yeah. It's an important film and and an important place to have that conversation, too, at the Wright Museum. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's one thing if you see it in the screening room in Ann Arbor. It's, the conversation is going to be good, but I think it's just more honest and a mm-hmm. much more appropriate conversation to have. And we're excited to do that film. I think of like Their Last Race, mm-hmm. where we see a movie that we have a venue that it's perfect for. Um, so, you know, it's The Last Race is a movie about a, a, a race racetrack in, in Long Island. Non, yeah, in Long Island. And um, it's, it's on its last legs. There used to be 40 of them in Long mm-hmm. Island, and now this is the last one, and it's in its last days, and will it be sold, and mm-hmm. all of that. And what better movie to show at the Henry Ford Museum than The Last Race, mm-hmm. a movie that has got gas and oil pumping through its veins mm-hmm. already. It's also a really funny movie, too. It, so. Yes. It's it, a documentary, right? It's a documentary. It's absolutely a documentary. Yeah, yeah. And the director, Michael Dweck, is a photographer by trade um, and transitioned into the moving picture business. Mm-hmm. But you can see that <laughs> that eye that he has um, showcasing the cars. And they're, they're, they're rough. They're... Mm-hmm greasy and you're like there you can see the smoke and they're sexy it's all of it and he really does a a really impressive job of um showing this this uh, racetrack (laughs) on its last legs like in a totally different light and Uh something that i'm sure people drive by on the expressway all the time and don't think twice about it and then you really dig into it and it kind of you know when you, you pull that lens out and I look around in Michigan and how many places that we have that were once something magical and something that people look forward to on the weekends and now people are um, staying away from that and for whatever reason it's uh, evolving into something different. So I love seeing documentaries like The Last Race because it really puts in perspective where I'm currently at right now and mm-hmm. where where we're at in Michigan and how certain old 
activities, traditions. Yeah, old traditions are becoming just that traditions and maybe of a distant memory. And um, I like I like bringing things like that to people's attention, especially the Henry Ford. I mean, that's just that giant screen. It's going to look and sound amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. too. Yeah. And, and the other thing about that movie that, that I love is that it's, you know, when I first saw it, I thought it, it felt to me like kind of like a Christopher Guest mockumentary. It's okay. easy to, to like look at these people that are very, very funny in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, whether it's the framing or the, the way that's edited, you can get into that. But the reality is these people have passion for mm-hmm. this thing. They're not, they're just right. being themselves. And that's like, that's like the big piece. Because how do you humanize, how do you humanize a racetrack? And I think this movie achieves that. And it's just, it's just a wonderful documentary. And I'm so happy to show it. Mm-hmm. Where'd you both see it? Sundance. Yeah, Sundance. I saw it at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another film that we uh, saw at Sundance, uh, A Boy, A Girl, A Dream, Love on Election Night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In the same breath that we talk about Joel Petrykas, yes. Kasim Basir is uh, another friend of the festival, a filmmaker that we love and a filmmaker that we want to take care of. And this is another film we saw at Sundance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to see the progression of his writing, his style is something that I encourage people to check out because we showed his film Dustin. And then if you're familiar with his work, it's a, it's Muslim is another is one of his first features. And I'm not sure if it was at Cinetopia, but it's definitely played in Michigan many yeah. times. Um, but just to see from Muslim now to a boy, a girl, a dream, love on election night to see where he's evolving and what his eye mm-hmm. is doing. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we want our patrons to also go on that journey with us because we curate the festival and we, we see things and we bring things to people's attention. And we really want people, you know, we, want, we don't want to be the only ones here, you yeah. know, just enjoying um, watching someone grow as a filmmaker, as a professional. Um, mm-hmm. So it's really, it's exciting for us it, to... It's great to see Kasim's film, you know, A Boy, A Girl, and a Dream because... Caitlin's right. You, you've seen this sort of progression. I mean, this is probably the most stylized mm-hmm. I've ever seen of Kasim. Extremely, so, extremely. Yeah. It's it, just fantastic to see somebody like you, you knew that you see that movie and you knew that idea was in his head right. and he got it mm-hmm. came out and it is on the screen. Like that is Kasim, a hundred percent. And right. the whole film is shot to make it seem as if it's in one take, right? And it's in real time as well. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think we, we, like we we've seen the Birdman, sure. Uh, of, uh, on a completely different level, I guess, but yeah. s- same same idea, right. where it's it's looked to film in one take, but it doesn't necessarily take place in real time. This film takes place in real time, just mm-hmm. what, two hours of this guy's life. It right. feels like a play. Mm-hmm. It does. That's like the best way to say it. Like, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't try not trying to sound boring, but it, it feels like you're having they're watching two people have a conversation. Yeah, and it mm-hmm. stars um, Megan Good and Omari Hardwick. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, the 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 two they have great chemistry and. They just really, really make the story, you know, mm-hmm. just the two of them and how they explore their relationship and it's touch and go. Um, watching them play on screen is, is, is pretty, pretty fun. And, um, you know, they're really talented people. And he plays a silence a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, it takes place in real time, so he, he does, but he doesn't feel forced to make make these characters interact within this whole two right. hours, like that's he, an incredible observation. He he he, Truly. he he lets them sit in the back of a car just in silence yes. at some points, and it just feels so incredibly real and poignant. Not only are Brian and I proud of Q for making that decision, we're pr- proud of you for making that observation, <laughs> Nick. Thank you. Because <laughs> <laughs> these are all our children. <laughs> that's how we view the <laughs> process. <laughs> We're just going to keep rolling through some of these titles, some uh, that we're really excited about. 
You have something to say? No? No. no? Okay. American Animals. Oh, man. Um, is it a document? This, okay, so yeah. this is one of the things we've been saying a lot this year, a lot this year, and maybe too much at this point. When you start looking at the, the crop of documentary that's coming out this year and the, the sort of where the line on reality and fiction is, I think it's this is the first year where it feels very, very, very blurred. Mm-hmm. And with a movie like The Rider that will be playing at the Michigan in May, um, like uh, like this movie, American Animals, like you're watching a documentary, but you're also watching a fictionalized telling of the documentary, but you're also watching a retelling by the people who actually did it. So where is the line and where is the documentary and where is mm-hmm. the narrative film? So that's like that. this film is about four young men who are trying to um, – to steal a book mm-hmm. and um, it's the, the, they based on true events based on true events uh, happened in uh, Kentucky I believe mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, it it's just a really a lot of young talent in this movie it's a really well made film um, it, again is it a documentary is it a narrative film and, and it plays with the idea of what's truth and what's fiction um, I think in a really interesting way but that's just as we started seeing documentaries, it was hard to ignore this one, which mm-hmm. does it so well, American Animals. And it plays with uh, it plays with perspective very well because, like you said, you're, you're saying that it's part doc- documentary, part narrative because it literally is that. Uh, you see Evan Peters; he plays the main character of sorts, or at least one of the main characters. Uh, he's in the dramatized version of these events, and that in the meantime, it will jump to talking heads of the real people talking about it. So it's almost, but it, it is two movies. It is. It's, it's two movies. Yeah. Um, and it, it plays with perspective because you'll see the actors act something out in one moment. And then we'll get to a, a talking head of someone saying, well, I don't exactly remember it happening that way. And then it'll cut back to that moment again. And the action plays out differently. Mm. So fascinating. I mean, good for documentaries too. I hope this is a trend. I, I just think that, I mean, to take a medium like, you know, the conceit of a documentary is that it is just a point of view. Mm-hmm. So to to mess with the point of view, to change the point of view, to take the narrative and twist it based on the words of reality. I just think this documentary, like a lot of our documentaries this year, is it does really walk the line of fact and fiction really mm-hmm. well. Not to go back to a film that um, we didn't play at Cinetopia and will not play this year, but there is one called All These Sleepless Nights. It's a Polish film, and it um, was something that I felt really strongly, but I really, really wanted to bring it to the festival, and for whatever reason, the distributor, they were going a different direction than festivals that year. Um, but that kind of that pushed the envelope, and now I'm seeing that trend more. Like, how how are narratives taking from documentaries and how are there the uh, documentarians taking from um, creative producing and mm-hmm. where, you know, that, that line is, is blurred, but it's like where, it's where things are progressing and playing with that. And technology is inc- becoming so such an important part of that conversation as well, because some of these shots and some of these things, as far as document documentaries go, you can't quite achieve that. You couldn't quite achieve that. And now th- with the technology is like, you can make it look pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. Well, the, <laughs> the other piece of this too is that I think that as the internet has expanded, it's it's opened people up more. So more people are willing to tell their stories and mm-hmm. like let people take a chance on people knowing who they are. People that are, for lack of a better word, unimportant. Um, and I, I think that's freeing for a lot of people. You know, again, in the last race or in a movie like The Rider, for people to be mm-hmm. able to tell their story about this thing that they're passionate about. I mean, and then for a filmmaker to be talented enough to do something with that and turn it into something and make 
you know, viscerally pull something out of somebody is just fascinating. Mm -hmm. Great time for documentaries. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I, I'm going to I'm going to post trailers for for all these films that we're talking about on the Michigan Theater website when I post this episode. <laughs> but to, to talk about the, the, the I want to say something about the the trailer to American Animals really quick. It is an exciting trailer. I've watched it, but it doesn't reference the documentary aspect of this film at all. It's mm. it just seems like it's it's a straight so disappointing like a straight drama thriller. And I'm really glad that we talked about this because I think that is one of the most fascinating aspects of this film mm -hmm. and I'm I'm excited for our people to see it. I saw it in a crowded theater uh in uh in at True False Film Festival mm -hmm. and just the the vocal emotions from people in some of these very frantic thrilling scenes was mm -hmm. so fun to fun to experience with a group of people. Uh moving on, The Big House I just thought we need to talk about The Big House. Mm -hmm. It played at the Ann Arbor Film Festival mm -hmm. recently. And this is, uh, it premiered at Berlin, at the Berlin Film Festival, mm -hmm. and was produced by the Michigan, the U University of Michigan Screen Arts and Cultures Department. Mm -hmm. So a really big moment for some very young up and starting filmmakers yeah, to have absolutely. this documentary. Mm -hmm. And this is just, it, 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 I haven't seen it. I, I'll confess I haven't seen it, but it, it's just the history of The Big House, right? No. No, yeah. no. It's yeah. uh, it's it's direct cinema, as the documentary goes. Direct cinema is the idea of telling the story of a thing through the things that make up the thing. Um, so this is, you know, it's. I think the mis the misconception people will have about the big house is that it's a football movie, and it and it's just not. It's not a football movie at all. It's a movie about the people who make the operation of a venue like that happen. Mm -hmm. So from the ticket terror to the hot dog seller to the fan on the street to the sniper on top of the roof. I mean, this is like an all-access tour of the big house on game day where football is the only piece that's not important. It's like the background. It's of the, the background. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is just, I mean, this is, it, it is a documentary again. It, it, it is it, it is free-flowing. It has no, it has threads that you follow but you don't hold on to. Um, and it's just, I think for somebody who lives in Ann Arbor or somebody who spent a lot of time in Ann Arbor, it's going to feel very familiar. Um, I think it captures a lot of sort of the boots on the ground, person on the street, Saturday appeal of a city like Ann Arbor. But it also, I mean, it does sort of touch on the history in a weird way. But it, again, it's that it's that history that we've told ourselves. So it's stories that people have about Michigan games. And you get no backup whether that actually happened or not. The general manager of this Michigan theater, Steve Crawley, has even mentioned in it. Oh, really? So Yeah. So it's just there is this weird it's, – it's, it's a football movie. I don't think you can escape it's a football movie. But it's not a football movie. And again, it's, it's – it's, it's the thing that happens within the yeah the greater. It's the dream mm -hmm. in the background, right? Okay, and right. And how people are supporting young athletes, um, and really, I mean, yeah. And, and it's it's kind of it doesn't the young athletes are always put on on showcase. They're always yeah. they're always in the spotlight, and this is kind of taking that spotlight into people that are actually making things work, so that the kids can play football. <laughs> mm -hmm. Essentially, yeah. I mean, um, think Studs Terkel working. You know, <laughs> sorry to go, yeah. but, but that's kind of I'm gonna keep saying it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. But we're at the local films. It's a the angle. It's, it's we love supporting, it and we can't wait for people. Um, we know that it it was at the Ann Arbor Film Festival, but um, a few months later, we got a, few, a different crowd. We can't wait for more people to see it mm -hmm. and have more conversations about 
this idea of direct cinema because that's not something I think our patrons are incredibly familiar with unless you've gone to film school or mm-hmm. like how many years you've kind of been, you know, watching documentaries. So we I showed a, a direct new. cinema in the first year of Cinetopia, actually, Bestiaire, that played oh, yeah. at Sundance. That's it's a right. Montreal film about a zoo in Montreal. <laughs> I love Montreal <laughs> filmmakers. <laughs> uh, <we laughs> love in the Time of Civil War is another <laughs> Montreal film that we showed. Controversial. Very controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you you really talked about what the the film is about because I think people will see the big house and there's some that I don't care about football I don't sure. need to see this movie but it, yeah. it it is about the real people yeah it's not yeah. a football movie it's mm-hmm. I mean it's a football movie but it's not a football movie and there's mm-hmm. a whole I mean I was talking to the director Terry Saras about this and Caitlin was there and it, we you can dissect it in a lot of different ways about. You know, to me, it's a movie about a dream, but you can you can make an argument about class, you can make an argument about race, mm-hmm. you can make an argument about so many things about this movie. And again, it's just getting to you know, I've been to a football game before. You walk in, you go to your seat, you maybe eat food, you talk to your friends, and you leave, but you don't really experience the game. You mm-hmm. don't experience the experience, and this lets you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, b- before we start trying to wrap things up, one more, and then I'll, I'll ask you what, what we missed here because we haven't even scratched the surface oh my, about no. what we're playing. We uh, I really want to talk about Love Gilda. All right. I love Gilda is about Gilda Radner, a documentary. Uh, this is going to be the Michigan premiere of the film, a really big moment for us. Um, yes. I haven't seen it. Tell me about Love Gilda. Well, it's the, the story of Gilda. It's the story of Gilda Radner, mm-hmm. really. I mean, I think it's a story that we've everyone's been waiting to see and um, get a, dig, dig in a little bit more about this comedian that, I mean, for me, cherished. I looked up to and um, I watched a lot of her tapes. I mean, Saturday mm-hmm. Night Live was always on. The albeit, very first cast of Saturday Night yes, Live. Yep. Albeit it wasn't, I mean, I wasn't born, <laughs> Yeah. but uh, my parents were huge fans and we used to watch reruns all of the time and Absolutely. tapes. <laughs> so um, she was my first, um, pretty much first female comedian that I was really like, oh, I love. She'll be the first person they carve on the Mount Rushmore uh, female comedians. Yeah. Right. So um, yeah, really touching interviews, her family's included in the interviews, and then you have other female comedians like Amy Poehler, Cecily Strong, that are featured in their, in the documentary. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're, so what we're doing, we're positioning it as a, a closing night film for our festival. So if you look at it, we have, we're bookending with, with the female experience, really. Mm-hmm. So we have eighth grade starting off, and then Love Gilda is closing out the festival. So... I love the idea of, I mean, if you think about yourself as a, you know, eighth grade girl and then you, you know, watch that transition and then you, I mean, I know it's really esoteric and kind of talking about the (laughs) uh, theoretical, how we plan the festival, but um, it really, that is something that we think about when we program the festival and then also schedule the festival Mm -hmm. as well. So it's really important. The closing night film is also just as important for us as the opening, opening night. Um, for, at the festival, so it's a feel good. It's sad because you know, her life essentially had some. As all we had, there it, there are tragic moments, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, it follows that, but it's also a, a great celebration of her life as and well. Yeah. S- some of us may not know that Gilda Radner is a Detroit native. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, a very uh, a spotlight on a on a on a local hero. Yeah. Right, I yeah. suppose. And what why I'm so excited to see this film is because. On camera, Gilna Radner was always playing some of the most extreme characters. Mm-hmm. And you never quite got to see what was underneath that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Well, this is great. I mean, because you, you you get people reading from her journals. So you, you get the full 
visage of Gilda Radner. You get to see, I mean, I would hate for someone to read my journals. I would absolutely <laughs> hate it. <laughs> but what better way to understand who a person is in the, from mm-hmm. the most private of things? So like to to be able to see a movie, there. I mean, where Bill Hader reads a passage about her. And then, she, I mean, again, not to spoil anything, where she, she sort of describes this moment where she knew she had to be funny. It's important. And it's... I think it changes the way you see somebody too. To be for someone to be so aware and self-aware of who they are, what they look like, mm-hmm. and how to utilize that. I think that's also like one of the like greatest aspects of somebody like Gilda Radner because she took it and she did change a lot of things. So mm-hmm. and this movie just celebrates her life, and I think it's just a great movie and a great way to end the festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we wrap up uh, this talk on programming, what have I missed? Let's, uh, let's talk about something that we haven't talked about yet that I that I haven't brought up. So um, one that really struck me, We the Animals. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, a film about three brothers growing up in a somewhat volatile household. Um, parents, mom and dad are at odds, and they're figuring it out on their own. And I, um, a lot of the movies that we've seen, I mean, it really is a balance of masculine and feminine is really mm-hmm. what I'm looking at. And um, this look at... Um, the, the the brothers and um, how are they have this ultra masculine father, but then they also have these very tender sweet moments, and it's like that. Um, I think it's just as important when we're talking about feminism and the feminist movement, talking about how young boys are portrayed and how they're how what they look at and how they're growing up in in the world of ultra masculine and how you have to be masculine or something Mm -hmm. like that. And um, I think that conversation is really important. It's really subtle um, um, in the, in the movie and and some, some parts are not subtle at all as Mm -hmm. far as that. Um, But I, I think um, it's really um, just the movie itself is just a really striking, striking film. And the the young actors are, uh, they are they knock it out of the park and right. you you really feel their emotions one of the best things i saw at sundance yeah it was we the animals we the, the animals. animals and then we have this i know i mentioned it in pre, a previous podcast but a, a really funny uh film turkish film called butterflies mm-hmm. and again about three siblings <laughs> and they're grown up now and um they're going back to their hometown so you can kind of see that progression as well <laughs> um a lot of we have a lot of mirrors and we have a lot of um Reflections of young and old and masculine mm-hmm. feminine in our in in the programming this year And I'm really excited to see if people pick up on that or yeah. or where, what people pick up on and what films kind of connect for them um, We also have a, a movie called Madeline's Madeline um, It's about um, a mother and a, a daughter and their relationship and mental health and uh, a, a, another striking newcomer to the screen I mean we have Miranda July plays the mother in that film and then the, the young actress is um, really something to behold, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to be a Midwest premiere. That hasn't yeah. played anywhere in the Midwest yet. So, that, yeah. that, that's, so that's big for and, us. And that's one where I want to point out that that kind of edges on experimental for us. I know we typically go into a straight, you know, it's independent filmmaking. Um, we get, we don't do too much with experimental, but um, this, is, does, this does have a narrative. You will see a linear, you know, you will see it, what they're going for, but there's a lot of technique in there mm-hmm. that really... Just go with it. Yeah, it goes into experimental, and we're kind of, we're stretching a little bit when we program something like this, and mm-hmm. we're stretching our audience, and we're take, we want to take people, like I said earlier, want to take people on this journey with us and see how people respond and how um, 
with with some of these not so typical or average movies that we bring mm-hmm. to the festival. So this one's a little on the edge, and we're mm-hmm. excited. And I just want to make a point about butterflies before we move on. Oh, yeah. Um, you said it, it, it's it's a, it's a Turkish comedy, and some people might see that might think like ah oh, that that doesn't sound for doesn't sound like it's for me. Yeah. But the comedy translates so well, and I yeah. think that's really rare for very impressive for a foreign film. Oh yeah, it's funny. I saw a movie that you, I, I won't say it, but it described it as like the the, the Marx Brothers. They, mm-hmm. that these characters were as the Marx Brothers, and this movie is the movie that I think deserves that classification, mm-hmm. like uh-huh. that level. It's sophisticated humor. Mm-hmm. It's very sophisticated. You know, it may seem almost slightly antiquated to people, but it's it's yeah. great. It's a really mm-hmm. funny movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It translates just just fine. I know it was kind of a, you know, it's one thing. It's like how can this? The director it talked works. about it. Yeah. yeah, the director talked about it. Like, imagine how funny this would be if you actually understood yeah. <laughs> the language. And, <laughs> and I'm like, man, I don't think I can handle all those laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, okay. yeah. Sorry. Uh, what do you what do you think we've missed, Brian? Um, hey, three brothers again, three oh, identical yeah. strangers. Um, yeah. Another documentary. I love documentaries. I'll talk about documentaries all day long. Um, I don't want to say too much about this. Actually, I think that this is the best way to describe this. Is this is a one of those true crime podcasts on the silver screen? Okay. I think that where this movie goes and the the road it takes a lot around the lake uh, is. Thrilling. I think that this movie is going to have a lot of people talking about it. And I think that people, when they see it, they're going to have a lot of questions. And I don't want to say any more about it. It's just like okay. it's a really great documentary that really plays with the expectations of the viewer. And the, the other only thing I want to talk about is the, the Alan Rudolph Symposium. Yeah. Um, as you know, the University of Michigan has uh, the collections of Robert Altman and Orson Welles and – Ira Deutschman, and we've celebrated their work in the past. And this year, we're going to celebrate the work of Alan Rudolph. He was a director and a producer of a lot of Hollywood films, did work with Robert Altman a lot. So we're going to showcase four of his films. Um, Remember My Name, The Moderns, and Choose Me are classic selections, repertory selections of his. They star Geraldine Chaplin and Keith Carradine in a very, very New York sense of... um, 70s and 80s filmmaking, you feel like the presence of a team that's worked together a lot. And then we're going to showcase his new movie, Ray Meets Helen, again with Son- Keith Carradine and Sandra Locke. That's going to be a, a Michigan premiere on that movie. So the Alan Rudolph Symposium, there's a great exhibit um, at the Hatcher Library. Um, his wife, um, Joyce, is having a, a photo exhibit uh, at, um, what hall is that at? Is it uh, Thayer? Thayer Hall. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is she's a she's a photographer mm-hmm. and I, I I don't want her voice and her point of view to get lost in the celebration of Alan's life. So yeah. if you can go and see her photography and then check out a movie, you'll get a great viewpoint on them as yeah. an artistic couple. Yeah, because well, they're they're both going to be here. They're Alan both Rudolph, yeah, be here. Alan Rudolph directed all these films Correct. and they're both going to be here mm-hmm. for these screenings. Yes, yeah. so we'll have more information on our website. Cinetopia, Perfect. Um I have one more thing. Yes, um, do I it. can't. I, we cannot. Uh, talk about Cinetopia Film Festival without talking about the Arab Film Mm -hmm. Film Festival that we work with. So we partner with the Arab American National Museum on their festival. And this is their 11th year, I believe, um, in programming. And they always come up with, I mean, really working with Dave, the programmer there, 
has been really fun and seeing where he wants his festival to go and partnering together is, um, with organizations. It's, it's a, it's a lot to, you know, we can put, we have our input, they have their input, you know, it, it's, um, but this year it's really formed into something really, really special and beautiful. Um, some great documentaries, this is home, which was at Sundance film festival this year. Um, Sufra, which I know that I've mentioned before, another documentary, um, then we also have uh, the Niall Hilton incident, which was, uh, you know, it's been, I think, two years ago. It was at Toronto and then also at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beauty and the Dogs. We just have a really great selection. Um, and then also another title is Mr. Gay Syria. So he's the, the really, the same thing that we're, you know, that Cinetopia is looking to stretch. And, you know, we have some we have some ones that we know will be uh, patron favorites or people will really enjoy it. But then we want to stretch the audience a little bit and really mm-hmm. ta- have conversations. And then I know Dave and everyone at the Arab American National Museum is is um, really excited about this year's programming. And they, they have a, another shorts program, which is also um, a great way to showcase the the Arab American experience. Um, yeah. Okay. I'd be loathe that to even mention a movie like This Is Home. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, again, a documentary. Um, I can't even begin to, to, like, understand what it's like to leave your home and go somewhere new and to get there and have people not want you. And then, yeah, and th- this is a documentary about Syrian refugees uh, relocating to Maryland. Yeah, Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just incredible, and it's so, it's so human. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I don't... I don't want to tell people how to feel about anything, but like if you don't feel something while watching that movie for a human, for a human just looking for a home, I, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. The the director Alexandria, she did she directed a film called um, How to Dance in Ohio, which is mm-hmm. another very tender, incredible film. Yeah, look at uh, a, a, an often overlooked um, group of people mm-hmm. and a human. So this is um, she has such an eye for this and. Mm-hmm. Um, we look forward to showcasing it and really having people have some conversations and look at a different perspective. And yeah. again, uh, I, I watched This Is Home and I was very relieved that the filmmaker didn't focus on pulling your heartstrings or some forcing an emotion out of you by mm-hmm. showing you images of war-torn Syria. And, and not, 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 not that we shouldn't see that, but that they that it focused on these people relocating in Maryland mm-hmm. uh, and showing their new lives mm-hmm. and not throwing these horrific images on top of you. This is about these people, not this yeah, event. What happened to them? It's a, yeah. it's it's more about the embracing the future mm-hmm. and rather than and that's really what her style essentially yeah. does. And it's um instead of thinking only about oh, the hardships and the the past and it's it's in yeah, it really does look towards how are we going to make this, you know, how, how are we making it work right now and mm-hmm. in, in, in enjoying and embracing it? Um, yeah. So she doesn't, she doesn't pull, pull a lot of, um, I hate to say, I hate to use the word cheap um, images. Yeah. Um, but like you said, evoking emotion that, you know, really pulling it out and really forcing it on mm-hmm. someone. And um, again, I hate to use the word cheap, but. No. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, it, because. Yeah, for, for for lack of a better word, right. because we we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. We've already seen that before, and these are this is focused on very specific. There's lots of conversations yeah. you have about Syria, right? Yes. Especially about one. the story. Yeah. I guess yeah. the whole the whole the point of the story is not to focus on 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 what they were in, you mm-hmm. know, what the past was. Absolutely. So that's really mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say inarticulately. <laughs> and again, I can't say enough. This is not even scratching the surface mm-hmm. about what we're playing at Cenotopia. Uh, this uh, this May and June. Uh, you can go on our web, uh, the website, cinetopiafestival.org. You'll see it all there and more. 
Uh, and then we'll have lots of more announcements to come. Yeah. We also have these Secretopia slots um, <laughs> that are that's going to be in the festival. And that is going to be us for us to surprise you. There, there's a lot of titles out there that... Uh, we haven't we, we haven't announced. We, we just couldn't fit them all in, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> we have too many movies, and we don't know what to do with them. So, so be on the lookout for there those. There are some fun ones, some Perfect. familiar faces Perfect. you're going to see. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a movie called Remains of the Day? We're showing it. <laughs> Did you just make that up? I made that up. Good okay. job. <laughs> uh, yeah, you ever so, heard of The Pianist? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, follow Cinetopia on Facebook and Twitter, Cinetopia Festival, or the yeah, Cinetopia Festival, um, and you'll get all the you'll get all the uh, you'll get all the updates about about what more is to come. Uh, before we wrap up, we usually do the movie magic moments of the week. Have you guys thought about that? You know, Nick, you didn't even tell me what the question <laughs> was, so I'm going to be shooting from the hip here. But let's do it. All right, so I'll go first. Give you some time to think. Uh, my my movie magic moment is sort of a, a combination of films that I saw the, uh, last weekend. I watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two all for the first time. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two into Doctor Strange, into Thor Ragnarok, and of course, all leading up to Avengers Infinity War. Look at you. Look wow. at me go. Whoa. And I'm not even going to try and talk about the plot of this film because people are very sensitive to spoilers for this one. Oh, yeah. But as I was watching this, I was so aware of how important these films are to our time uh, because this universe that they've created is going, I, I swear, it's going to be in film history books for years to come based on what they've accomplished with this 18 films, 18 films going into 19, I believe, with Avengers, all leading into each other, all referencing each other, all with characters that uh, share the screen, that come in and out. I, it's it's important also because of how these studios have um, interacted and how they've cooperated with each other in a time where I think everyone is so attached to their intellectual property and no one wants to give up what's making them money. And yet we've had Sony and Marvel come together just to give the fans Spider-Man, just to mm -hmm. put Spider-Man on, on, on the screen with these other very important characters. And I think that's going to be a model that other studios will use in the future and how in this industry so focused on making money, we've seen how studios can cooperate and come together mm -hmm. to make the fans happy. Mm -hmm. And also, we've talked a little bit about superhero fatigue in previous episodes, but at this point, I'm not buying it. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, it, 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 is, it is a little tiresome to, uh, based on how much we've seen in the past year. But watching this, watching everything culminate into this film was so extremely satisfying. And at this point, we've, we, we know these characters. We know how they interact with each other. We, we know their voices. And then in this one, they're, they're thinking, these two characters haven't met each other. What would happen if we put them on screen? Mm -hmm. And how, how, do we, how do we expand their relationships? And how do we give closure to some relationships? And it, some extremely satisfying, very emotional moments in this film that have made these 18 films worth it for me. And that was my movie magic moment, guys. It's I loved film. it. I loved it. You know, this week for me, uh, let's talk about how great a film like Munich is. Munich is an incredible movie. Mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg, Daniel Craig, Eric Bana, a wonderful movie. I saw it nine times in theaters. <laughs> and, and I was just thinking this morning that, like, 
the idea that a movie like Munich, when I first saw Munich, I didn't really like it. I walked out and kind of, I always tell the story, I saw the, um, the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 and I walked out of the theater and I was with my dad and I pointed at the poster. I was probably like 22 when this came out, 23. I pointed at the poster for Spider-Man 2 and I said, hey, dad, we should go see Spider-Man 2 next weekend. <laughs> Not realizing I literally had just walked out of Spider-Man 2. <laughs> Munich was the movie that I had to see so many times because I couldn't stop thinking about it. It's just an incredibly moving, beautifully made movie. And I am, I am not the biggest Steven Spielberg fan, I must admit. Respect, but come on. Um, Munich is an incredible piece. I think just people don't give Munich enough credit. Munich's an incredible, incredible movie with just performances, like, working at a different level. And it's, it got nominated for Best Picture. It's a <laughs> yeah. great movie. Let's talk about Munich. And you, you just saw it recently? Or is this just No, I was just thinking about you. Munich this morning. <laughs> I, I love Woke Munich. thinking about Munich. <laughs> I love Munich. I, we did a Steven Spielberg series, and I would like to thank the 43 people who came to Munich for their attendance. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago, but you took a chance. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. Munich's just an incredible movie. That was, a good, that was a good series. Pick it up from the library. I'm sure that they, oh, have, yeah. I'm sure they have many copies. Or they'll it. try to give it to you on your Kindle. <laughs> so you had such... Both of you had beautiful things to say, and yeah. um, my movie... <laughs> movie magic moment was a uh, I was watching super bad with my best friends this weekend yeah. and we just had a good time <laughs> wow <laughs> does it age well it's still really funny and yeah. we we were sitting around and just laughing and you know when, how old is that movie is it in 10 years a little um, over, I think a little over 10 years probably. yeah okay so we were watching her two-year-old, my friend's two-year-old, was up sleeping upstairs, and we were laughing like we were kids. <laughs> That's what movies do, you know? They yeah. Still, they get you laughing. Superbad's an incredible movie. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Munich and Superbad, you'll have a great time this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what order to watch them in. I don't know either. And then some superhero movies. And then go, go see five superhero movies. <laughs> yeah. You'll see Nick. <laughs> talk, talk about Winter Soldier. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening again. Another long episode that we have here. Uh, I would like to give another thank you to the Ann Arbor District Library for letting us uh, come take over their studio for, for a bit. Find all these films uh, on their catalog, uh, aadl.org. Uh, find us on social media. Uh, tell us what you think of the podcast. Uh, the Michigan Theater's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is just at Michigan Theater, and that's theater spelled with an E-R at the end. Also, leave us a rating on iTunes. That's how we're going to get more people listening to this thing. Leave us a review. Really tell us what you think. Uh, give us your own movie magic moments. We, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, what I would, do you guys got? Yeah, we'd love to hear what people have what people have been watching recently. Uh, we're going to be back in a couple weeks. I'm sure more Cinetopia is going to come up in future episodes in the next month because that is taking over our lives right now. Mm -hmm. That's all we're thinking about. So there's no way we can come in here and not talk about Cinetopia at least for a little bit. Yeah. 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 All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. 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 Thanks. Wait, it's a podcast. You can't see people. <laughs> I still, I see them. <laughs> I, I miss them. All righty then.